Shall we begin? Let's begin. This is incredible! Johnny Buss with a masterful solo goal. What a finish from Samuel Silvera! Robertson! And the Man City youngster opens the scoring. Oh, and it's Garankuol, who has equalised right at the end. This is the Soccer Who's podcast, the show all about Australian football, as we look to unearth the next generation of Socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold. Welcome to the Soccer Who's podcast. My name is Lockie and... Sitting on my right is James Jarvis, my co-host. How are you on this fine day, James? I'm well, mate. Yeah. You know, doing well. Yeah. Actually have energy because we're recording in the morning, which is great. It, it's an unusual time of year where both our work relies on the school calendar. Yes. Even though we work in very different fields. <laughs> and when school is winding up, that means that Energy is being restored and time is being given back to us, which is nice. So we get to record this. uh, I won't say exactly what day it is, but it's a nice morning. It is a very nice morning. And we have a fair bit to catch up on, don't we? Oh, yeah. A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Will we go through everything in this episode? I think the highlights. Yeah, the big picture stuff. Uh, A special welcome is required. Actually, do you want to mix this up? Do you want to give a special welcome to someone this week? Oh, that means I have to think about it. Yeah, that's exactly what it. Um, we could do a special welcome back to us as a Ute, partnering back oh, that, with the, uh, the A Leagues. Well, not our friends, the friends of the A Leagues. Uh, Isuzu is re signed, which is good commercially for the product in Australia. I think when you get big companies signing on board, that can only be a good thing. James, before we go anywhere, um, we have had some online correspondence that I think it's worth us delving into. I think the last time we asked for a, uh, we solicited for a question after a, a podcast episode was, is there some, is there like an A-League player that is ready for the national second division? And Ooh. we did have someone, uh, Boone specifically said, Ollie Bazanich, Stefan Mork and Jake McGee. So some, some big powerhouses in the, uh, the podcasting world, specifically, I should say, Stefan Mork being one of them. Um, especially since he's just had a very good year over in Japan. Mm, yeah, so I, I wouldn't agree with that, but maybe maybe some of those names. McGing. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably close. Oliver Zanich having a bit of a rebound year over in Perth. Opportunity changes things, but I, I agree. I think he'd be a great mentor to some of the younger Australians. I will say that was not the, 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 the face of the player who James showed me on that fine episode. If you know what I'm talking about, Go back, I think, two episodes ago. Mm. We were talking about this. And also, this came through in the DMs. And I'm hoping that you can respond to this, James. I know James loves to analyze tactical plays. I'd love... Love also has asterisks around it. So, even better. To hear you guys break down plays, YouTube videos, we can also listen and watch. I'm clueless, but would enjoy learning under your tutelage. Okay. Is that something you're open to? It's something I reckon I can get done over the Christmas break. You know, over three weeks, little break, so... Maybe a couple of, I guess, TIFO-style videos yeah, maybe, breaking down. Maybe shoot me some players okay. you'd like to see. Okay, sounds good. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you know where to find us. Soccerwhospod at gmail.com is our inbox it's for emails specifically, and it, that is open. Otherwise, send us a DM on, on X, Twitter. 
I'm 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 pushing threads. I think I'm off the the X bandwagon. I'm I'm a threads guy now. Look, I think it's the you will see. I'll still be on X, but I'll, I'm more of a threads guy. I think. Jeez. Yeah, I know it's big move, and uh, obviously Instagram as well. So that's big plans over the Christmas break before we go any further into well, this. Well, I'm actually going down to um, New South Wales. Well, okay. the border of New South Wales, doing a bit of camping. So okay, that's my plans. What about you? Are you doing anything? Going uh, anywhere? Just a scouting trip to Europe. So oh, okay. a small one. So. I'm mentioning it on here. It's now a tax write-off. <laughs> That's how it works. That is how it works because this podcast generates income and there's definitely an ABM set up mm. for it. So it's a tax write-off. Of course. Anyway. I um, mean, it's it's working trip, right? It is a work trip. That is for sure. <laughs> now, James, let's get into this. Let's go around the grounds. Obviously, people can get in touch with us, as I just said. But let's get into what we actually love doing on this podcast, breaking down what's been happening in the last week and a bit in Australian football and I think there's no better place to start than in England. Let's let's go. So kicking off in England, in the championship specifically, Ryan McGree is still out until mid-December. So not great. Puts I, him in doubt for the Asian Cup. Yeah, I expect that he will still be in the squad for the Asian Cup. I mean, we've seen from... Arnold, historically, he's not afraid to list an injured player with Hrustich. Mm. So, yeah, I, I imagine he will still be in the squad, but yeah, out to mid-December is not great. And you, you want him to get a couple of games under his belt before the Asian Cup, that's for sure. So, not great. Also in the championship, though, um, Luongo, a goal versus Millwall. He did. And he's been playing really well, of course, for Ipswich, who are absolutely flying in the league. You know, actually contesting with Leicester for the title, which... When you started the season this year mm. in the championship, you would not have expected because obviously Leicester aren't a championship team. They're clearly a Premier League team that are in the championship. But for Mas Luonga, he's been absolutely inspirational for Ipswich. And another goal on his resume for Ipswich, the, the opener with his left foot, cultured finish into that bottom corner. And he's continued to play really, really well. And for me, I think he really should be in our starting midfield for the Asian Cup. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. We, we'll probably do an Asian Cup squad video or podcast at least. Yeah, a bit of a way too early squad. Yeah, it's a little bit hard. I'll be honest, I'm not going to be taking any podcasting gear to Europe uh, and it's probably poorly timed and poorly planned on my part. But there will be content coming out in the next month. James has got some ideas planned. But we will brewing. do... We'll record something, I think, before... I leave and hopefully there's there's no injuries or anything crazy that happens because I think in my mind there's not going to be any real late pushes for someone to make the Asian Cup squad. I think we could almost make a prediction today and unless there's an injury, that was probably going to be the squad. Those players that would make a late push, I think, are playing in Asia and I'm playing in Norway, of course, whose league seasons have now wrapped up. Yes. So. And that, yeah, that's that's true. Anyway, that's that's is that the championship? Anyone, anyone else? Cam Burgess, but he's been playing well. Nothing notable. He's just been plugging away, doing well. And Harry Sutars continue to warm the bench. Sammy Silvera at Middlesbrough also, yeah, off the bench, a couple of bench appearances here and there. Not lighting the world on fire. Tommy Glover, of course, isn't playing. And Triantis has obviously he had his opportunity uh, where he played well, got a goal. But since was it then, a goal? I don't know if it was actually listed. It was listed. To him as his goal. Okay. Well, I know there's some controversy around whether it should have been his goal. In the same way that there's controversy around, did Kai Rolls get a touch on that goal line clearance in that game 
against New Zealand. Of course he did. Yeah. yeah. Was it New Zealand or England? I can't quite remember. Can't remember, but, but of seen, course he did. I've seen it show up on my social feed a number of times. I'm like, yeah. they are getting a lot of mileage out of this one play. Yeah, I think that's everyone in the championship, at least in the Socceroos slash Oliroos picture. There's a few other youngsters, under 18 players here and there, but we'll move on. Sure. In League One, Jack Idell playing for Bolton Wanderers. Doing pretty well. Got a goal against Exeter. Yeah, a 7 0 routing, I think is the only way you can put it. Caleb Watts, nowhere to be seen anymore. He mm, has um, that's not good. disappeared. I think the A-League is calling for you, my friend. But the A-League is not calling for the Bolton side. In fact, the Championship, I think, is calling for them. They're up there with Portsmouth, obviously. So, Australians at the top of the table. Of course, we've got Genton Jones and Ardale with Bolton. And we have Youngie and Robertson with Portsmouth. And and it's the same, the Championship as well, with Ipswich and Leicester as well, with our boys there. Yeah, clearly Australians are built to win. Exactly. That's what I like to hear, especially heading to this Asian Cup period. Great, great performance, though, by Jack Idell uh, against Exeter. That was a couple of weeks ago, but been playing pretty solidly since then as well. Yeah, headed finish uh, for that goal against Exeter. But the bigger thing is he's found himself back in the starting lineup after being in and out of the lineup a little bit, partly due to injury and partly finding it hard to get back in the side because when a side is flying like Bolton, it's very hard to crack mm. your way back into the squad. But he's back in the squad, playing well, got a goal to his name, did really well on a clean sheet performance against Oxford and the bigger thing for me is he's playing in a in a bit of a different position once again he's a player that always seems to play every single position on the football pitch he's playing as a bit of a left wing <laughs> he he moves around the pitch and that's part of the reason why Bolton obviously doing so well there being very aggressive playing really a three at the back with one dm but anyway that's enough on Bolton Jack Ardell playing well and a bit of a shame that Australia's kind of had that defense set in a way, mm. I mean, he probably won't. I mean, make he's playing it. as a left wing. We have it's the true. need at left wing. We have a, a big need at left wing for left footers. Uh, but playing in League One at his age, I think mm. it's a bit hard uh, to see him making it. Even though I think he deserves it. Same thing with Burgess last year. I think he deserved to call up, even though he was playing in League One. His play was clearly good enough. And Idale, I think, and Genton Jones as well will carry on their play into next season in the Championship, and it'll be very interesting to see, particularly with Genton Jones. What will happen there? Because he can play right back. And, I mean, even this Asian Cup, they have a bit of a right back issue. Ryan Strain ruled out. This is true. Uh, if Gethin Jones is the player that's named, I will eat a hat. Oh, please, Graham, do it. I will, I, honestly, uh, I'll, I'll find a hat that is edible. A soccer is bucket hat. <laughs> mm, no, I, I don't want to do that. But I'll eat. I'll find a hat that is edible and eat it because that is ridiculous. Uh, it's interesting when we talk about ideally the level that we want our soccer is playing at, because I would say that the championship is not that it's a hard and fast rule, but I would say that the championship is a it's good level is a good level, and below that you have to really be playing out of your skin and you have to really be demonstrating that you are a leading player in that league. And being young also helps. Being young also helps. I would say that Robertson is ticking all of those other boxes. Mm. I think he is displaying that he's one of the Portsmouth's best players. He's young. He's dominating in the league. Whether you can say that for Idale, whether you can say that for, for Jones, I don't really know. There's potentially an argument to be made. But Alex Robertson, goal against Burton, uh, assist against Northampton as well. His first goal for the season for Portsmouth. Yeah. Uh, he's been knocking on the door for ages, hasn't he? He's been, he has. He's been trying to get a goal and he finally got it. And yeah, what a player he is. You've got Portsmouth fit fans absolutely just 
just elated that they have him and, and trying to also not make a big deal out of him because they, for some reason, think that they're going to be able to hold on to him. I think that's very ambitious of them to go, oh, no, just keep it under the radar. We want to hold on to him. There's no way. This guy is destined for greatness and Portsmouth is not that. I mean, if they get back-to-back promotions, they could be back in the Premier League. This is true. Could another loan be good for him in the Championship next year? Potentially. We'll, we'll see. But I think the thing that Portsmouth are mainly trying to keep under the radar is they're trying not to hype him up for Graham Arnold's sake because they don't want to lose him for a month. This might be true, but I would be very, very disappointed based on his form, based on what I think he can offer to the Socceroos if Robertson is not in this Asian Cup squad. One more thing on Robertson, and then we'll leave it there. We've sung his praises many a time. I think the most impressive thing for me at the age of 20 years old isn't really the way he's dominated games, isn't the creative outlet he's brought, isn't really the aggression and passion and the bravery, because we know all those things about Alex Robertson. He's phenomenal at those things. What's been most impressive for me is his adaptability. He, for most of his career, has played as this advanced 8-10 player. And he started doing that for Portsmouth, but Portsmouth then, they brought in another winger, another young player that could come into the midfield, and they had a big issue at their kind of 8-6 position. Mm. I call them tempo players, players that control the tempo of a game, control the midfield, and be that rock that you need. Alex Robertson was transitioned into that role at a very young age, and he has at least arrived in it, controlling the tempo, being able to play vertical passes, being able to turn midfield and take players on. And that adaptability is a really high-level indicator for someone that is destined for the top level of this sport, which is the top five leagues in Europe currently. So a really key indicator for me for Alex Robertson and his potential and him realising that potential. So great to see Alex Robertson surviving while at Portsmouth, and it'll be very interesting to see if Graham Arnold picks him for the Asian Cup squad. For the World Cup, we were very big Jason Cummings for the Socceroos squad. That ship has sailed. For me, Alex Robertson for the Socceroos squad is the bandwagon I'm jumping on because he, he deserves to be there. Oh, yeah. For sure. Hands down. Uh, also, in League One, uh, same team. Yangi getting a couple of starts. Good to see. Not doing anything wild at this stage, though. Yeah, after his hot start where he seemed to just put everything in, he's very much cooled down mm. uh, in that transitionary period and... Look, he's been okay, hasn't been great. He had a decent game against Northampton most recently uh, with some decent hold-up play. But yeah, look, I think kissing Yang, he's still a few years of development off the pace uh, and his lack of football in his advanced gross years is clear and evident right now because he's struggling with that consistency and struggling with the ability to involve himself in the game when he doesn't have the ball. And that's not his fault. That was because of injury. Um, so look, it's going to take a little bit for Yangi to figure that out again, how to influence a game when he's not scoring goals, but good to see him playing football and most importantly playing regularly. He's played three games in a row now, which is really important for his development. Very important, especially as we approach the Asian cup once again, and you have players, especially in the striking position who injured Borello. Borello. That creates an opening. Who do we bring as another striking option? We know he's just been given a call-up. So does Graham Arnold pick him again for the Asian Cup? Or, or was the last camp an opportunity just for him to show what he can do and, and for Arnold to work out a couple of things? That remains to be seen. If he's playing well, I think he'll get selected, but we don't exactly know. In League One, once again, Dougal. 
actually got an assist against Portsmouth. He obviously plays for Blackpool. Uh, and got an assist as well against Northampton. He's way too good for League One. He's one of those players um, that I think are just is so good that he doesn't deserve to be in League One and would deserve a soccer is cool up. But at his age, with how stacked our midfield is, I don't see, see it happening. But great to see playing really well, playing good football at League One. And I really hope to see him on a January move to the championship because I really think that's where he belongs. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't think Blackpool fans will, will like that. But yeah, I, I agree that if he was playing in a slightly higher league, it would be good. I think the championship is his level. Shall we move over to Scotland? North of the border. Let's go Celtics specifically. Tilio has made his debut. He exists. He exists. Uh, he is not a player that has been lost to the wilderness. Marco Tilio yeah, made his debut. Got one minute exactly against Motherwell. But it's a debut. It's it's a minute on the pitch. It shows that Brendan Rodgers r- recognises him. But it's a long way to go, but I think, before he's back in Socceroos contention. I mean, he got three passes. Okay. Great. Yeah. Anything else? No. Yeah. Touched the ball seven times. He's kicked the ball up seven times. <laughs> yeah, done seven key yummies. And then passed it. But it is good to see him playing football uh, at a senior level, of course, for Celtic. Had that nasty, nasty hamstring injury that left him out for a long period of time. His last game, I believe, if the football websites are to be believed, was back in June. So five months off. Yeah, Don't want to remember what that game was if you're a Melbourne City fan. No, but yes, a, a long time since his last game. And hopefully for his sake, he works his way back into contention. Yeah, played for the Olly Roos. Uh, a little oh, bit sorry, here yes. and there, but yes. his last senior men's football That's, match yeah. was no, I, you were correct. the 6-1 drubbing. Sorry, City fans. Also in Scotland, uh, moving to the Hibs, Boyle, two assists against Aberdeen. And also, while we're here, Miller, a goal uh, and a red card against Dundee. Yeah, a bit of an interesting game for Miller, but we'll start off with the Boyle, someone that I think is definitely going to be on the plane, heading over to Qatar. Is it yep. Qatar? Uh, yes. It's Qatar. Of course it is. Uh, it always is. <laughs> uh, but Martin Boyle, he's clearly Graham Arnold's preferred uh, right-wing option slash second striker option uh, currently. And he's playing really well, creating really well, and in fine form heading into the Asian Cup. So that's great to see. On the good old uh, Lewis Miller front, a bit of an interesting game against Dundee. You know, getting a goal and a red card. You don't see that all that often. Especially since it was the winning goal, I believe. The second goal for Hibernian, and it wasn't the last goal of the game. But he got a goal. That's good. He did get sent off for the second yellow for a nasty challenge. For Lewis Miller, it's important that he is playing regular football because, <laughs> as things stand, he's Australia's only real high-quality right-back option, of course. Got Atkinson. That looks to be out for the Asian Cup as well. He's going to be really fighting for fitness. He's out to mid-December, I believe he's listed mm. for. And Ryan Strain has just been announced that he will be out the Asian Cup. It's a shame that Karacic hasn't been playing any football in the last yeah. little while. It's a weird one. He had some A-League offers, I've heard, but declined them wanting to stay in Europe. Nothing's eventuated quite yet. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, I imagine, and this is me putting my Graham Arnold hat on, we're likely to see someone like Degenek, who's brought in as a backup right back. Option. Sicardi has played there as well. I understand that, 
but knowing Graham. What about Ryan Grant Lachlan? If I see Ryan Grant listed in the squad, I will eat a hat. You're up to two hats. I know. I can't even remember what the first hat was for. The first hat was Gethin Jones at right back. Sorry, yes. I'm really just trying to get the backup right back slot. If Gethin Jones or Ryan Grant uh, uh, listen in the squad, I'll eat a hat. If they both listen in the squad, it's two hats. <laughs> they both listen in the squad. Oh my goodness. The world is caving in. Gethin Jones, I don't feel as bad about. Ryan Grant, that man is ready for the national second tier. <laughs> hey. Wasn't the photo that I showed you though? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was another it was right another back. Right back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to Scotland. A, a defender who is in the mix of being listed in this Asian Cup squad, Kai Rolls. Mm. He's doing quite well at the moment. Yeah, left footer, Kai Rolls. He's had a, a good run of games. Uh, he he won't Scotland. be playing right back. <laughs> no, could be playing left back though. Mm. As we've seen by Graham Arnold. Uh, but he's kept two clean sheets, of course, since returning from international duty and has been playing really well for Hearts, really dominating their back line um, in a bit of a turbulent season for them so far where they've been up and down, struggling for results. He's really just been that constant force since coming back from Australian duty and has catapulted him back up into third, uh, vying for you know the championship playoff and more importantly, potentially a European place. He hasn't played left back at all for Hearts? Uh, no, he has not. I am going on the record. I don't appreciate or think that the Kyrolls left back experiment is a good one. He's a good outside centre back, just uh, not a good left back. Those are two different things. Yeah. And two I, know that you, I know that you know that, but I, I don't think he is a left back outside, you know, left back in a, in a back three. Sure. And I know that we've been trying this, this system with Arnold where one of the fullbacks pushes up. He's just got... The, it the wrong way around. Yeah. We've got an abundance of really good attacking right backs. Well, I mean, at the moment, maybe not an abundance. Oh, yeah. Formerly an abundance. Yeah. What about Alan Billet right back? If I see Alan Billet right back... <laughs> We're up to three hats, are I'm we? Gonna, I'm going to eat a hat. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Roll's playing well. For me, I think he is the fifth best centre-back that we have. Ooh, big call, considering he's a he's a favourite of Graham Arnold. And I he's know. I'm, Graham Arnold's top two. Well... Is he in the top two? Because he's been playing left back. I feel like if he was in the top two, he would be playing centre back. It's true. So, yeah. Burgess maybe has um, pipped him. Perhaps. I I think he's still our fifth best centre back. For me, ahead of him, there are a number of players, obviously. Uh, I think Sutar is going to be starting. So, you could play Sakati next to him. You could play Burgess next to him. You could play Alex Grant next to him. And I would be happy with all three. Sakati, I think, is probably the one I'd be most. I think keen Alex for. Grant hasn't had the game experience with Suta. They haven't w- worked alongside one another. Which is outrageous. Which is outrageous. Which is why I don't think it's going to happen. But if I had to pick four centre backs for the Asian Cup, Rolls is not making the cut. Yeah, that's fair. Sakati obviously has been playing really well, and more importantly, he's been playing some left centre back recently for Palmer. He didn't feature in the match against Medena, which they dropped to a one-all result. He was being rested after the long journey back from the Palestinian mm. match to Italy. Um, bit of bit of tiredness there. Obviously, Australia is a long way to go. But Palmer got a one-nil result with Sakati returning to the squad, and he played really well as a left centre back distributing play. And playing at left centre back, I think, is really important for Graham Arnold's rationale because his whole thing is, oh, he's you know he's an outside right centre back. 
He can drift out in those wider positions, distribute play really well. Playing some left center back now, surely Grandma will notice this and realize the skill set that he has and the skill set that Suter has, they complement each other beautifully mm. in terms of Sakali's speed and distribution and Suter's strength and short passing. They complement each other so nicely. Burgess and Suter are a bit too similar for me. I don't think that's why at the highest level it doesn't work all that well. Uh, they're both individually phenomenal players, but together they don't contrast enough. And Rolls, I think, is just a level below Sakati. Uh, and Alex Grant, I think, is about Sakati's level, but we haven't seen enough to fully uh, appreciate his combination with Suta, though I think theoretically it would work really well. But yeah, I think Sakati and Suta is my starting two. I mean, we, we, we can get back to Scotland. I, I do want to touch quickly on Alex Grant, who's just been named you know, in the K-League's best 11. So he's doing very well in a respectable league in Asia. K-League, a, a very good league. To be named in the best 11, to be one of Australia's best centre-backs and not given a chance. My understanding, I don't think he's been named in a squad. I don't think he's, he hasn't been capped for the Socceroos. No. At this rate, he's close to getting cut by Korea. That would Naturalization. Really be something. He's been there since, what, 2021? Yeah, okay, maybe still a little while off. So 2025, January 2025 would be his naturalization date. That's 14 months away. I don't think it's going to happen, but <laughs> that is a little bit concerning. I, I really think that this next World Cup cycle, it's important that we have options and, and and for the Asian Cup as well. It's important that we have options other than Suta. I think that his talent does get him through and he's very important at set pieces when we have to get a goal out of nowhere. But I think that we should be giving guys like Burgess opportunities if he's been playing more consistently. And if they are very similar players, I would not be opposed to seeing someone like Burgess play on the right-hand side, partnering Grant or partnering Sakati, and we have a bit of competition in those centre back positions. For me, Rolls is the fifth choice. If there's an injury that was to occur, I think he he's definitely in there, in and around there. I think he played really well at the World Cup, but for me, I, I've got Grant above him, and I think Sakati has a much higher ceiling as well, and has been playing better at a higher level. For it just it it, it blows my mind that a player like Alex Grant isn't being selected and I don't know what he's done to not be selected. I, I, I really, I, I don't know. Yeah. He's a left footed center back yeah. as well. I put this in a bit of perspective as well for you, Lachlan, and maybe for the listeners at home. He plays in South Korea, right? Yeah. There's a bit of a um, unknown quantity about South Korea. You could argue they're not quite as reputable, obviously as Japan. And we don't know as much about them as Australia naturally. But when we look to the Champions League, Bohang has routinely done really well in the Champions League. And in fact, just this year, well, you can argue recency bias, but also if you look back, they almost won the Champions League with Grant. Mm. That's how good he is. But just this year, they absolutely destroyed Uruwa Red Diamonds, who are one of the best teams in Japan. And they sit top of their group, absolutely decimating them. And that would put him in ELO rankings agree with us. And this idea that Bohang Steelers are up there with some of the best teams in Japan. And mm. the best teams in Japan are up there with the Belgian Pro League. Yeah. Are up there with the, the 
the quote-unquote second-tier European top league. So for him to not be called up would be the same kind of thing if Jordan Boss was named Player of the Year in Belgium, you know, left-back of the year or whatever you want mm. to say. That's the kind of level of travesty this is, that he isn't getting called up. Yeah. That, that's his level. He's one of the best... He's one of the top 100 centre-backs in the world. Yeah, okay. That like top 100, 150. That, that kind I, of area. I'm trying to wrap my head around how many like centre-backs there are in the top leagues and, and work that out. But, yeah, I don't know. It just is one of those things I think I saw when I saw the announcement that he made the K-League best 11 the other day. I was like, it reaffirmed to me just how ludicrous it is that this man hasn't been given a chance to play for the soccer race, even a, just a call-up to a squad. And I'm not saying that we have to then, we have to get rid of Sakati or some of these other newer players because I think that he also deserves a spot. But he's got time on his side. He's got another World Cup cycle, potentially two, yep. if you, if you want to push it to a second. He's playing at an incredibly high standard and to not even be given a call-up, as far as we've heard, is wild to me. Anyway, I would love to see him involved in the Asian Cup squad. I don't think he has had enough time before the tournament to really push for a starting spot, but to at least be in the squad, I think would be justified and would be a, a, a good recognition of the work that he has done this season. And for me, he is a, a better option than some of our pre-established names that we've had in the squad for ages. Oh, for sure. Hands down. Well, I think that's enough from Grant. Yeah. I should, should we go? We've made our feelings known. Should yeah. we go about the kind of that second tier European competition that we've kind of been speaking about? Well, I was just, just going to go back to Scotland quickly. Ryan Strain, we mentioned, is injured. So not been playing for St. Mirren, which is unfortunate. Uh, and he will be out for the Asian Cup. So... Graham Arnold does have some selection headaches at right back a- ahead of him. You got yeah. three hats lined up. I do have three hats lined up, and yeah, we'll, we'll see which one, if any, I have to eat. To Germany, St. Pauli, Jackson Irvine scoring a goal in the Hamburg derby against Hamburg. Uh, derby games always exciting, always thrilling. It's two all draw. And Irvine got the goal that, that kicked things off. Yeah, there was um, also another very special goal featuring Jackson Irvine, St. Pauli side that did the rounds on social media. Yes. If you know, I you know. Re- I didn't realize that was from the same game. <laughs> it was. That was remarkable. Yeah. It was uh, quite the finish from Daniel Juan Fernandez, the Portuguese goalkeeper. I watched that video a number of times and I still couldn't work out how it went so poorly. It bobbled. Okay. Right before he kicked it, it bobbled to about mid-shin height. Yeah, and then he's absolutely shanked it. Well, it's come off his shin yeah. instead of his boot. Anyway, um, anyway if, if you know the video, you know what we're referring to. If you don't yeah. know the video, just, just Google search. Yeah. Uh, because that was a special goal. Irvine, goals as well. They're flowing for him right now. Right for the shot, finds the bottom corner for St. Pauli. And, you know, for St. Pauli, it holds off Hamburger. Mm-hmm. They're domestic rivals, obviously, who are vying for promotion. Keeps them top of the table. And Irvine... Natural born leader, captain of St. Pauli, leads the way for their man of the match performance. And it's great to see him in fine form. And once again, I petition to Graham Arnold, please come and just have a midfield of Irvine and Luongo because they complement each other, much like Zuccardi and Sutadu, so beautifully. 
Uh, and I think that would be a beautiful midfield for our Asian Cup campaign. But a certainty is Irvine playing in this Asian Cup, and it's great to see him in flying form heading into it. Yeah, one of the key figures within our squad, one of the leaders within mm. the squad as well. And you want you want every player to be playing well, but it, it's great when your leaders are also leading. Yeah. For me, Irvine's always becoming an all-time for the Socceroos as well. Yeah, he, he's, he's getting up there for me. He's climbing his way up. He, he is, I agree with you, he's, he's climbing his way. He's obviously had a big impact at the World Cup. He helps himself by rocking up to every single Socceroos camp in some form of retro, retro oh. It It's good. Yeah. It's very, very good. I Seems like a great quality bloke as well. Yeah. Good so, human. So I, I, I do appreciate Jackson Irvine, and I hope to see more of it from him. If he lifts an Asian Cup, where does he rank among Socceroos midfielders? Jeez. That's that a, sounds like a conversation for another show. That's a great question. I don't know why, but the 2006 Golden Generation, in my mind, will always have a special place. But this generation just matched their achievements. No, and I know that. I know you that. you add an Asian Cup to that resume? Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, for me, in, in the last 10 years, Rogic and Moy and Yedinak are probably the three centre midfields that are in the highest tier. I almost have Irvine above Rogic right now. This is what I'm saying. In the last 10 years, I think those three... If you were to ask anyone who have been our best three midfielders, not that they worked well in a midfield three together, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they would be three names that had listed yeah. as midfielders. Moy and Roshik are way too similar. I think if you were to throw a fourth name into that mix in more recent years, Rustic is also mentioned, but he has been absolutely missing for Verona in the last year and a bit. And I think we're actually arguably a potentially better team Without him at this point in time, I'd love to see him get back to full fitness, to be playing regularly again, to be knocking on Graham Arnold's door. Haven't been convinced that that will happen, though. I think Irvine is one of those players that he just does the basics really well. He's, he's not a flashy player necessarily. You need that box-to-box midfielder well, next to a playmaker. Exactly. And I don't know. I think... I could be convinced that he is one of the best soccer midfielders of all time. But it, dep- it depends on how an Asian Cup goes. It depends on how the next round of World Cup qualifying goes. Sounds like a conversation for February. Yeah. Let's have that conversation in February. And I think if he also establishes himself as the soccer is captain as well, I think Matt Ryan will have it locked down. But I think... I just, I just don't like goalkeepers as captains mm. for some reason. Yeah. Something about it. And I'm like, mm. maybe it's proximity to referee. Sure. Yeah. Tough. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that either, but Jackson Irvine could very much establish himself as, I agree with you, as one of the best Australian midfielders. Should we now start to talk about who could be one of the best Australian left backs? Yes. Well, you mentioned, the next this, decade? you mentioned this guy just before. Uh, in Belgium, we'll head to their Westerlo specifically. Jordan Boss got a goal, uh, a header more specifically, which is not a goal that you might expect Jordan Boss to score, but he's been playing very well at left wing back for Westerlo. Yeah, playing a bit of left wing back. Of course, played mostly left back for Melbourne City in the A-League, but now finds himself at left wing back, which is, you know, a bit of a bit of fun because obviously he's been playing some left wing for Graham Arnold for the national team. So he's kind of hybridizing those two roles together and he's been absolutely thriving 
because of it. Uh, he got a goal in a 3-1 loss, unfortunately, to Anderlecht, but we have to remember that Anderlecht are one of the best Very teams good. in Belgium. It's not really, really close. And for Westerloo, they're you know, obviously a struggling team in Belgium and ha- are fighting their way out of the relegation zone and becoming more of a mid-table team. That's just what their identity is currently. So for John Boss, a goal in that huge match for them was really impressive. And the team playing really, really well. Uh, and it's really interesting watching Jordan Boss play because he's very clearly an attacking player, but he's also just so good in the duel, right? He's mm. so good defensively. He win- He pretty much always wins his one-on-ones. And there's just a few elements of positioning for Jordan Boss that if he fixes his defensive positioning, his man-marking a little bit, his... I don't know if it's a concentration issue, but maybe it's more of an anticipation issue. Tweaks those a few mentals there. He goes from what he is right now, which is a really good left back, to one of the best left backs in the world. Mm. And those few little mental things are really hard for footballers to fix, obviously, because you know you can't train mentals. No. That just comes from experience. Yep. Right, and sometimes you learn them, sometimes you don't. That's just how football goes and football development goes. But for John Boss, that's really just the the difference right now. And yes, he papers over it really well by winning his ground duels. He makes some insane recovery sometimes because his positioning is poor, and he manages to recover and win the ball back when he has no right to do so. But that is just it. Reminds me of the Maldini quote. Essentially, what Maldini said is, "If you're winning tackles." It's all well and good, but it means that you haven't been positioned well enough to begin with. Yeah, okay. And it's a bit of that for John Boss for me right now, but it's great to see him playing so well. And I think he is definitely Australia's future left back for the next decade because watching Junior set up, yeah, Jacob Farrell's doing well, but his development's slowed down a little bit and there isn't really anyone else pushing for that slot. Yeah, okay. Uh, No, I I agree. I'm trying to think of any other left backs that we've got coming through at the moment and there really isn't that many... Solid options. Yeah, there may be some in the next generation. Aged 15 to 11. Obviously, we don't know much about them yet. You've seen a few of them pop up on the early gradar, but hard to say right now. Yeah, it's one of those positions. I think as we hand over from Bayich, who has had the mantle as Australia's left back for quite a little while, to Boss, and see how that kind of goes. You've got players, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, other players who played recently. Brad Smith. He's not doing much in the Elder. Come Elder. Injured. Alex goes back. Uh, Jason Davidson. Do you He's go- playing for UPMP. He's played more centre-back recently. Okay. Uh, do you go for someone like Idel? I've been pushing for it. Idel, Gethin Jones, left and right back. Mm, we'll, we'll see about that. There are a couple of players that could be brought in. Yeah. I see Jacob Farrell being the next name up at left back. I don't really see anyone else getting it right now. Idale, I'd love to see, but I don't see that as realistic. I view it as more than likely that well, Graham Arnold will want to go for a youngster, and right now you just have to look to the A-League, and the first name of that rank right now is Jacob Farrell. Mm. Joel King? No. Yeah. Didn't think so. I, I think his time for the Socceroos is over unless there's a... Yeah, his mentals are worse than boss, and he's worse at winning duels, so... Mm. I mean... Defensively, it's just I the hope liability. Pr- I hope we're proven wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, at this stage, probably not. Yeah. Also in Belgium, 
I just want to quickly say O'Neill back starting as well. Yeah, good to see. Because obviously there was a bit of a doubt around him with his starting place being taken by, I believe it was Isaac Hayden off the top of my head, former Newcastle player in the late 2010s. Earned his spot back and has kept his spot now. And it's good to see heading into the Asian Cup because there was a bit of discourse around O'Neill. Why is he being selected via some playing? But he is playing now. And I think he's an important rotation six for the Socceroos. Yeah. One of those players that, if he wasn't selected, I wouldn't be super mad. He gives us good depth. Yeah, we, we need a bit of six depth for us, uh, especially a six that offers something a bit different to Devlin. If we go over Devlin or if we go for the double pivot, a bit different to Longo or Irvine. want to quickly mention as well, Switzerland, Grasshopper, Almabil. Got a goal and an assist against Lausanne. I think that's how you say that. Uh, one of those players that for me is a depth option but when you don't have a lot of depth on the wing, he is likely to be selected. I don't love that. Mm. I, I mean, I've said it many a time about Owen Bill, that if he plays on the right flank he and he embraces it, he will do well. And played right mid this game, golden assist, and playing really well. So great to see that for Owen Bill. And I think if he's playing continuously on the right and playing well on the right, which he has been, he's finally mm. embraced that role. It took you about six years, Almobile, but you got there. You embraced that right side of the flank and you are thriving because of it. And here's a really weird one for you, Lachlan. Sure. I alluded to it earlier in a bit of a joking way, but I'm semi-serious about it. Craig Goodwin, I think his left position was actually left wing back for his whole career. He just never played it. Yeah, okay. I view Almobile similarly. I think his best position is a free right wing back. Interesting. Kind of like Moses from Chelsea back in the day. Mm, very He will never play it. I don't know defensively. I know that wingbacks are given the the freedom to push up, but they do they do still have defensive responsibility. Yeah, his positioning I, isn't great, but his recovery runs. And it's yes, I just said about boss, but that was relating to left back. You need mm. better positioning at a left back. When you're a wing back, you're just recovering most of the time anyway because he's so darn high up the pitch. Yeah, and he's I, phenomenal at that. For me, uh, recovery runs sure. Uh, I didn't love at all when it was one of the games during the World Cup and I think it was one of the ones during the group stage maybe against Den was Denmark in the group? Yeah. Yeah what well, sorry my brain. Of course. If we had a World Cup yeah, we played yeah, Denmark. That's, that's true. the rule. That's true. Uh, and I think he was he was subbed on with 20 minutes to go or whatever it was and he was just asked pretty much to hey we need to see out this game we're just going to sit in our four four two block and we need you to defend and he, for me, did not do that. He was very uh, quick to, to attack and defensively, he was very poor and isolated Bayich, who was playing left back at the time. But that's on the left-hand side. Yeah, but I, I think the principle of him having the responsibility of defending, yeah. I just don't see it working. I like the thought experiment. I think Craig Goodwin is a... a better defender and sounds and like an fm experiment waiting to happen hey you go do that you go create a team and have Plonk mobile at right wing back have goodwin and mobile on the wing backs and, oh. and tell me how that goes but as for real life i don't think it's gonna work no. they're scoring goals though they're scoring goals well should we go over to um a team that Lost by quite a few goals and missed out on European placings. Yeah, disappointing for Viking, our Viking boys, uh, over in Norway, 
5-1 loss against Rosenborg, which is not wonderful. The only Viking boy left, of course, is Pat Yazbek because ACL and meniscus tears took out uh, Stensness and D'Agostino, respectively. Yeah, well, it's not quite the ending that we were hoping for our Viking boys. Yeah, Yazbek only played 46 minutes as well before being subbed, and I think that's pretty much when most of the goals came flooding through, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, Rosenborg were up 1-0, and then... Yazbek gets subbed off and then it becomes 4-1 after Yazbek was subbed off with a penalty to Viking. So yeah, it wasn't a great decision by the manager because Pat Yazbek, he does a lot of the dirty work in midfield. He shuttles really, really well. Uh, so an interesting one there. But for Pat Yazbek, I think that his season was phenomenal overall. I think he'll look mm. back on it and be very proud of it, uh, very happy with it. And development-wise, I think he's developed phenomenally over in Norway his first full season over there. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens during the summer break for Pat Yazbek or the winter break over in Europe because he's one that will be vying for a move, I think, and we'll be interesting to see what the next step in his career will be. Yeah, well, one one to watch, especially in this next World Cup cycle. I, I don't think he'll make the squad for the Asian Cup. Not uh, quite ready. No. Should we sit down at some point? before I jet off to Europe and predict what our Asian Cup squads might be. I think based on this conversation we've had today and based on this episode, there's probably a, a, a fair idea of who's going to make the squad, but should we record that oh, for a sounds fun. early Christmas gift? Christmas Day gift. And then and that could work. And we just heavily caveat that it was recorded, it recorded a month earlier. Uh, not a, not uh, quite a month. Two weeks. Yeah, a couple, couple of weeks earlier. Yeah. So fingers crossed no one gets injured between now and then. Otherwise, oh, we forgot the A-League. James, give us a quick wrap-up of what's been going on in the A-League. Young player-wise, we saw you know good young debuts for players like Quinny McNichol, mm-hmm. uh, of course, getting on the pitch. Rylan Brownlee playing well uh, for, of course, Brisbane. Uh, a bit of a lapse in appearances for Elio Lopane, which is unfortunate. Uh, and I think, off the top of my head, that's most of the Zach next generation. Zach DeJesus has been playing well. Bodic has been playing well, even though they've been struggling over there. You had the youngster over in Perth, teenager, striker, who's been playing well. Name is KC right now. So some good young talent over there in the A-Leagues going well. Uh, and it's, it's a bit of an interesting right now for the A-Leagues because in the age bracket, the current generation have all jetted off to Europe. Uh, so we're really at the stage of we're looking at the next generation, which is, you know, 16 to 19-year-olds, and who's going to step up and be that next guy up, vying for contention at the end of this World Cup cycle. It's not really mm. at the start of the World Cup cycle. It'll be at the end of the World Cup cycle, except for, obviously, world beaters like Iren Kunda. Yep. But it's an interesting air leg season to watch. Many great young players, and I'll be keen to break some of those down, looking over them at the Christmas break. We'll do a bit of a tactical dive, maybe, on some of these young players, and where they could be heading. I've got an idea for you, uh, just as we wrap this up on that. Uh, yeah, I think either doing a tactical breakdown of A-League players and their strengths and weaknesses, a bit of a player profile, or maybe some Asian Cup watch. Ooh, that could be fun. Based on the names that we're listing in our squad, do a bit of a breakdown of the most five recent games and s- some players that we might expect to see at the Asian Cup. What are your okay. thoughts on that? Yeah, well, well, we can workshop that. Okay. And we'll get something done. That basically translates to saying that you don't like that idea that much. No, we'll workshop it. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see how it is. 
that'll be it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have any feedback, if you just want to get in touch, you can get in touch via TikTok, uh, X, Instagram, or threads. I'm heavily pushing threads now. Will we see more threads content? I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Or just via email, soccerhispod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, thanks so much for, for listening to it. Feel free to share it with someone. I do know that there is a, a core people who listen to this podcast because we got our Spotify rap results. And so on, on Spotify, we have a, a core listenership. And I want to thank you to each and every single one of you. Let's grow that listenership. Let's, let's try and increase that number a little bit. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll catch you next time. Or well, James will catch you next time. Until then, enjoy the football. <laughs>